This episode of the Rodney and Steve podcast is brought to you by Metaphysics Pilates Bootcamp. Metaphysics Pilates Bootcamp is the most complete workout you will ever experience in your life. Plus, it is the most fun workout you ever have, getting the best results that you will ever have. What is Metaphysics Pilates Bootcamp? Well, Metaphysics Pilates Bootcamp is a combination of HIT training, so you're working with the straps, TRX straps, you're working with weights, you're working with BOSUs, you're working with slam balls, you're getting that heart rate up, you're burning those those uh, calories, the extra calories in the body, lo- losing that belly, belly fat, that belly weight that you want to lose, and looking and feeling amazing. And at the end of each class, we end with your traditional mat and uh, Pilates, and as well as we utilize the springboards as well for the Pilates. And what this does is this helps strengthen and lengthen the body, and informs the rest of your exercises, the rest of your, the rest of your life throughout the day. You're going to feel stronger, leaner toner and feel overall better. It also will help you just with your posture in general, any back pains or hip pains or neck pains or anything like that. Pilates really, really is super beneficial to to be able to strengthen and just help with that, help with that. So again, Metaphysics Pilates Bootcamp, anybody interested at all who's listening to this podcast, just give us a call. The phone number is 585-425-1113. That's 585-425-1113. You can email steve at meta-fitx.com as well, and you get 10% off your first month membership. That is 10% off. Just let us know you listen to Inspire Living with Rodney and Steve, and we will give you that 10% off for your first month. Then thanks a lot, and I look forward to seeing you all in class. Thank you. Hello, everyone. It is Inspire Living with Rodney and Steve, and today our guest is Adam Cristantello. And Adam is a pioneer in the health community with his unique and holistic approach to fitness. Through his personal and client experiences, Adam has utilized this approach to help people become the greatest versions of themselves. His recommendations are not only proven through these experiences, but are also driven by ongoing scientific research. He is a co-owner of Nova Fitness, which is the home of CrossFit 585 in Rochester. Uh, He's a certified athletic trainer as well as as a holistic fitness corporate presenter and has CrossFit certifications in level two training in kettlebell and Olympic lifting. So Adam, welcome to our podcast. How's it going? Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Rodney. It is going well. Yeah, I I was telling Rodney earlier that I... I'm in town for a wedding, and really what I live by, which my my model of what I teach others, has kind of gone out the window while traveling. Right. Uh, so I uh, was a little foggy this morning, but it's cleared up, so nice. there should be semi-intelligent conversation. That's good. It's good to hear. <laughs> At least, right? So give us a little background. Like You're originally from Rochester, you uh-huh. said, correct? Yeah. Okay. And uh, you, you you started, uh, no, you're a partner in Nova Fitness, right? Currently, yeah. Uh, currently, right. More of a so, silent partner now. More, right. Out in San so tell, tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get into all this? How to, When and why did you open Nova Fitness? You know, Kind of give us a little background on, okay. on yourself. Uh, well, I guess it's all started with suffering, <laughs> right? It's a lot, a lot of Isn't it always start. always yeah, all starts, right? Uh, yeah. So um, just when I was younger, and you know, middle school and high school, I just uh, I was just trying to get over that suffering, and I had childhood abuse and some neglect stuff, and so I was like, oh, I'll make myself big and strong that'll solve my problems and I realized that only solved some of the problems and I'd been reading like Carlos Castaneda uh, you know Plato a, a whole bunch of stuff uh, Jita Krishnamurti so I had like all these really deep ideas 
Um, and then I was like, okay, what's the next step? And I uh, went and served the Army because I wanted to do service. And uh, I figured if I can't make the world a better place, I can at least maybe uh, improve myself. <laughs> hmm. So um, went through that. And uh, the next one I came out was like, okay, fitness only gets you so far. Movement, I should say, is part of my uh, philosophy. And then I went through nutrition and got big into mindfulness and meditation and uh, got into Nova about 2009 we opened up. Uh, at that time, I then started going to school for athletic training, which is a, like a sports medicine discipline. Okay. Um, so I have like kind of an ortho background. And uh, so I've just did movement for a while. And then I kind of now is I'm living in San Diego. And my new approach or my new kind of avenue of, uh, is in integrating all these different things and getting people to think uh, outside just movement or just nutrition as being fitness. So I, um, Darwin's kind of like my model for fitness. And uh, so when you start thinking about that, you're like, I love that. well, I mean, so it, like a surface level, superficial, you say like, well, what's the shit that gets you horny, right? That, that want, you want to pass on your genes to, there's like there's all these elements and like expressing your genes in a healthful way, in a happy way is a representation of that. And right. um, you might like meet someone that's like super jacked or like physically beautiful. Mm-hmm. However... They may not be able to like talk to people. They may have poor relationships. They may all be all fucked up in the head. Am I allowed to swear on this? You're allowed to swear. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, we, swear yeah, we swear a lot. All right. Uh, so you're good. You're normally, good. I don't swear. So okay. <laughs> I, I just sensed it. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think I think it's funny. Like uh, I've noticed a lot of people in training others, and like you get that person that has that natural talent. Like, and they're just naturally gifted. They pick up things like that. They almost don't understand, like, the hard work and the other, like, you know, persevering through shit because they've spent so much time just picking things up so easy. And it's, it's like, how do you get those people with natural talent to understand that, like, that's only going to get them so far? You know, I've seen it through the MMA and, like, mixed martial arts. The guys mm-hmm. come in and, like, you know, they just pick shit up and they're good. And, but they don't I get someone that's not that good that just works hard and works hard and works hard and they kind of see the value of that hard work and they, t- they, they, they value the experience that it took to get them to certain levels um, how do you approach that is that something you see is that something that uh, so I guess like movement is like my least exciting thing I do now I've just right. done it for so long and it's there's a lot of really good people out there, and my passion for it has kind of dwindled. Uh, not that it's not important, or not that I don't have fun coaching it occasionally. Right. Um, it's just it's it's a part of the picture. Would you say it's psychological, like that that aspect, that person that you know. Mm. In a way, I would I would I argue that it is like the mindset of that person that has the natural ability isn't strong enough minded to understand that he needs to be working hard. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I can. You know, I don't know. I, I, I have noticed that quite a few times, like working with different types of athletes, you know, mm-hmm. and I always look at it like it's, it's it, the, the system as a whole, right? Like, you know, like you said, there's, there's people that have beautiful physiques, but they can't have a conversation, mm. you know, um, and it all it's like I think I said in the last podcast but where do you go when shit gets hard right like 
whether it's hard with your relationship, hard at work, or hard when you're sweating, you know, where's your mind go? I don't know. I think about that. Any thoughts? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Too many thoughts. That's a long path. Like I, It's like the golden ticket. Right. Like what's that thing that getting a client to get to really or anyone to get them to actually change and evolve uh, is the golden ticket. Like what is the special answer? Because how do you have two people that have a similar background and one just continues to, to suffer and one doesn't? I mean, there's like things like you can have urgency, but like what is that driving thing? I think I think the person just has to be. The person just has to be there. It just they just have to be at that point where, it, it, not even present, but they just have to be at that point where they've just had enough. Period, and then they really have had enough. Because I feel like there's people that complain and complain and complain, but they're like comfortable in their misery, and mm-hmm. even though they want to, they they say that they want to change, they won't. They they don't want to take any action or take responsibility for the choices that they made to put them in the position that they're in at that point in time, yeah, yeah. whether it's mentally or whatever. But the, so if you get, I think if you get two different people or two people with the same the same background, I don't believe anybody has the same. Can nobody experiences it the same way? Obviously, everybody has their yeah. own filter and their own thing, right? So. You know, you get one person who's just got the filter of "fuck this shit, man." I'm gonna, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm just gonna. I gotta make that next step. You know, I gotta do whatever that is, whatever that next step is. I gotta do it. And I gotta do it now. And you got the other person that's just like, "I want to, but you know, uh, I'm gonna watch Netflix tonight and have a beer instead, and I'll just worry about it tomorrow." And then that's that repetitive like, yeah. that just that 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 entropy that they go through all the time. So, like so it's just of yeah, sick and tired, right? right. Like, that point like yeah I've done it the same way enough times enough times and the same results are coming up yeah like what I gotta do something different I think it's I mean unfortunately most people are just in that mindset there I mean there's so much distraction now between you can watch whatever you want to watch whenever you you can watch what you want to watch whenever you want to watch it it's super available to you there's a million shows you can be on Facebook all the time you know you can I mean it's it's and then you're you're working your ass off at a job you probably don't like, so the, you feel like you deserve to be able to take the night off and watch Netflix or go to the bar and hang out. You know, so you never get, you never, you really, you never get. You have to, you have to do it yourself. You don't get support from this world or from most people around you at this point, ever. You know, for that stuff. Yeah, especially in certain areas, right? It's yeah. really hard. There's, this, it's such a fragmented community. But I, I think there's a, there's a huge truth in that it's some people can never be numbed enough and they keep going. Yep. Some people can just take enough of the edge off or they just kind of sit where they are. Yep. And uh, I know, I mean, for my personal experience, it was just like I couldn't turn that shit off. And I was lucky. It was like, you know, it could have been, it could have been drugs. It could have been, you know, uh, numerous other things that have, to escape. Uh, but uh, that's not my... It wasn't my path, at least. I was lucky. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm the same way. Like, I always had that. I mean, I've, I've been in, in many points of entropy in my life where I just would come home and watch the Netflix or whatever. But I always had that. I've always had that, like, thing inside of it. It was like, there's got to be more. I can't. I can't mm-hmm. just sit here and be fucking miserable. You know, it's <laughs> like just not. Right? Always. There always is. You know, even when I hit a wall, even when I have a rough day, you know, there's always, like, that little there's always like that flame burning even on the worst days possible 
that you know I know will be there and get bigger the next day or whatever you know so there's it's always 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 there and I think it's do you find yeah. that that almost works against you from being able to chill That's oh almost. absolutely and right now because I'm not a hundred percent because I'm not financially as stable as I want to be I don't feel like I can ever relax. So I'm like constant, and plus I've got a thousand ideas. So I'm like constantly going home and writing down things or working on other stuff, working on food products. Like I've got all these kinds of different business ideas and things that I'm working on and doing. And, you know, so like it never really stops at all, ever, you know. So it's, that, but that's just, for me, I'm like, I'm okay with that right now. I'm okay with that right now because of where I'm at in my life. But, you know, we can't, you, you can't, sustain that forever yeah, you know? well goals are just another drug right exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean I agree. yeah it, it, I think we talked about this last time but like like the why's behind what we want mm-hmm. right like it's good to identify the things we want in our lives but I think we should identify our why's I think that's so much more important like you know I want a million dollars but why because I want to do philanthropy, I want to like help others. I want to do something. No, because I want a fat ass whip, bro. Yeah. Like, like what is what is your why? And I think, you know, that's gonna be. It's almost like the gasoline, right? Yeah. That's gonna get you to the things I think you want if those whys are strong. Dean, I'm gonna butcher his last name. Dean Graziosis, Grazioso. You know who he is? Mm-hmm. You guys heard of him? No. Um, so he just got to do. He's he's like a. Um, uh, like a self-help kind of guy. I don't want to be little because he's definitely much more than that. But yeah. he, he's like, um, learned a lot from Anthony Robbins. Um, but he's got this uh, uh, thing that ask why. And it's a seven step of asking why to really get to the core of what it is. So in other words, if you were to say, to, if, you, if, I, if you were to say, uh, why why do you, like, like let's say, well, let's say I ask you, you know, what is your number one goal in life? And then, you say a million dollars. Right. And then I say, why? And then you give me the next answer. I don't want a fat whip. And then I say, why again? Because and then you just get... Like and then you <laughs> say, why again? All the guys will envy <laughs> And why? And you bring all... It's yeah. really... It's so it a just, cool exercise. You, it's seven yeah. times. I guess there's some scientific research they did on this. Seven times. And once you get to number seven, that is the actual core of the real reason why. Mm you want to do that specific thing. So all you need is to have like a, a five-year-old kid around you just asking you why. Exactly. Like, I'm doing some, exactly. some, some uh, life programming <laughs> and design. What do I need to do? I'll just get, get my nephew. Yeah. <laughs> why? I, I, think, yeah. I think we get conditioned as children to not ask why. Right. You ask your parents why, and we have that curiosity as a child, like, but mom, why? You know why should we do this way? And, and it's always because I said so, right? right. That's the, yeah. the staple answer to it. Why I try right? not to then ever do? Then all of a sudden, by the time we're an adult, we're not asking why anymore because we've been told because I said and, so. And so schools many times. don't allow it either. Why, why do I have to go to school? Why do I have to take these courses? Right. I have no interest in. Right. You know, and like you stop asking why, and you just start going for that. You know, it's gonna great get great when I you know cash in my four hundred one k when I'm sixty five. You know, oh, that's like, more fucking wonderful. Next. Yeah, the whole life is gone. Yeah, you know. Um, And I think, uh, you know, keeping that childlike curiosity is so important. Yeah. You know, um, I think I've evolved in myself, in my life, in my goals, in my things, 
really identifying the whys um, and really realizing that like some of the whys I had, I didn't even know they were all ego based. Right. They were just like, cause I thought I want to open a gym because why? Because it's, it's going to give me money. Why? You know, like seven, seven questions, right? Yeah, like exactly. it really was like, oh, why did I want to do this? Right. Cause this sucks. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely. No, no. So, so Adam, you said like you were traveling and, um, what are some things you try to do to like not get in the states that like traveling can do? Like, you know, make you tired and different things. Or do you have any habits or? or yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's um, kind of like it's trying to get on like sleep schedule before you even leave. So I might if I'm going for a longer. Uh, so it's west east coast, so a three hour difference. I might take melatonin a few hours earlier just to kind of get me ready, and it usually helps me and so basically aligning circadian rhythm and that's like kind of the Darwinian piece is we forget about like if we were to put animals in rooms without windows we'd be like no that's fucking horrible why would you do that but we do that for ourselves so that's kind of like the sleep piece is aligning to that and you were saying we have all these things that grab our attention Uh, I mean I do like the geeky you know blue light blockers Um, I usually fast just to make it easy uh, well, I, I fast in the mornings anyways, but like on travel days, I may just push my fasts a little bit more. Um, then I just don't have to worry about shitty food. I mean, I bring stuff just in case and yeah. uh, I'll, I'll bring my meditation cushion and I'll meditate in the airport. I'll, um, you know, kind of get a map out where you're going to be, what you can eat and you kind of have your spots. And But those are kind of like... Yeah. Yeah, That's one of the bit. things I love to do when I travel is I'll just, I'll just, I really do practice the intermittent fasting at that point, you know, just... I don't have to fucking think about it because otherwise I'd drive myself crazy just you always I'd always go to the same things hoping something different is going to be there but it never is you know (laughs) it's like it's always the shit food and just it's just not it's just not worth it you know you feel so much better when you do the intermittent fast and just don't 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 uh, have to worry about it for me it's like if you throw out all the science and stuff and and it's growing, but it's still not like a lot of great human studies, but there's a lot of anecdotal stuff that you go, just the practicality of it. Yeah. You know, for me, you know, I have a, you know, a morning routine. And so like when I do travel, like I still try and have as much of that as possible. So I have to wake up a certain time and, um, that's, uh, that makes it a lot easier when you, if you're trying to do all these different things and you don't have to cook for an hour and like, that's cause that's, I prepare my food. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not gourmet, I'm, but, uh, you know. Uh, right. It, it at least gives me a little bit more time to do whatever I need to do. Right. So, Adam, give us an idea of what you do now. Like, how do you help people? What is your main? Like, I, I want to really just kind of get into your head a little bit. How how do you how do you train people? How do you, what's your? So I'm like kind of elusive in the way that everyone wants. Like, you know, what do you do? And I would say that I best describe it by helping people not do, okay. <laughs> like, or undo. Um, I was telling Rodney that I am getting into helping business leaders that control like the structure of the workday uh, design their day so they're optimizing team performance, uh, well-being of their, you know, their employees, and then obviously you know, their uh, quality of their product, whatever that is. Um, so that's what I'm getting into now because I mean, okay. that's, that's a big thing is like you were saying, we were conditioned to like, hey, I'm supposed to work 40 hours a week. That's what that's what he did. That's what hard work is. Right. You know, if you don't have, if you don't have your ass in a chair, or if you're not depriving yourself of self care, um, then you are not working hard, and you're not producing. 
Right. And so it's getting the, the companies and, and people understand. And it usually starts with them. Like I help you know, business executives really take a look and analyze their own lives and see how they can balance it instead of doing 70 things. Like what's the one thing they need to work on? Uh, once they feel that, then they know like, wow, shit, I could not only you know diminish my costs in healthcare, but I can also improve proficiency, you know, inefficiency. So for an example would be like, oh, if I have an employee in Aston Share for eight hours, they have, they produce 10 things, whatever the 10, whatever you want to call it, um, 10 Legos, <laughs> 10 widgets. Yeah. So they produce 10 widgets. So if I cut into that time, they're producing less widgets. Well, but what they don't know is that, you know, they also fucked up on two other widgets because they're sleep deprived. <laughs> or maybe they're not, they're not healthy. They're not focused. They're there, but they're not really present. Right. And uh, so, like, really having time built into the day. So it's like wellness is no longer this separate thing. Like, oh, you work and then you do wellness. It's an integrated piece. Then right. you're starting to optimize. It's just like if you're training yeah. an athlete. How, how big do you think, like, culture in a workplace is? Oh, it's huge. That's... And sort of some of some of the bigger companies now are slowly getting there. Google's yeah. supposedly huge yeah, on that. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like West Coast. Facebook. I feel like it's it's like a West Coast thing working east to a degree. Like, is it, but that's kind of like normally how it is. Right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're, we're. I mean, I still feel like we're even. I was in New York for twelve years. And I'm. It's like still behind. Like as far as the, mm-hmm. you know, the health, like culture, like work life balance. Number one, and, and yeah. this culture at work, and also health, and just. You know, understanding health better, having it. Uh, I think, think movement is happening, though. I think yeah, people, like, is. I mean, certain people are recognizing, like that uh, employee that is like motivated and happy. It's gonna. He's gonna talk to clients better. He's gonna just. He's gonna be happy. It's just. It's just inevitable, right? right. Like, so if we go back to like the Darwinian approach, like if I want to find someone to procreate and pass genes on, they they've got all these cool things to them. Well, a happy person does less fucked up shit, and they're more attractive. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. It so is it, true. Yeah. Sidney and I last night were like laying in bed we were just talking about people in our lives that like kind of you have people that are heavy right like you see them and they're kind of like whoa you know like they just have a heavy feeling to them and then some people are just super light right they're right. light in their spirit right and we were just kind of like going through all our friends like are they light or are they heavy and like we found that like I would say about 90% of the people we associate associate with are heavier type of people mm-hmm. and like and then we were like oh but that person they're light you know like in I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. Like, I feel like in my circle of people, I really like try to keep white people around, but even looking at it, like, Ooh, that, that is pretty cool. I never yeah. thought about yeah. kind of classifying it in that way. Yeah. Just like, just from like, you know, you, there's some people like, they're just so like, uh, you know, woe is me. Right. Like, like, yeah. just like, no matter what you say, there's something like, Oh, and I, I really, in my life, I've tried to kind of disinterest. At least yeah. have a force field yeah. somewhat from these people. Yeah. Um, and then keep those light people around that like really inspire me because I really do believe you are what you're around. Absolutely, um, that's like one of the biggest things that they that I've read a lot about in business too. Like in, in successful people, it's just say entrepreneurs or stuff like that. You're 
you are, if you're around a bunch of other people that are more successful than you are, then you're going to become more successful. If you're around a bunch of people that are just kind of going to the bar every single night, you're really, you're, that's what you're going to end up doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's so just surrounding yourself with the right people is like, if they, I think it's, uh, one, of, if not the number one, but one of the definitely most important things to be a successful entrepreneur is being around people that are more successful than you are, have it more together than you do, you know, and understand things more and are happier than you are, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think, I think the one thing I, I would at least hope is changing like entrepreneurs and heads of companies and, and people that are doing this are looking and sorting out people that are good in things they're not, right? They're exactly. getting that people person, they're getting that numbers right. person and they're building a team in that way rather than uh, I'm, the, I'm the head honcho and I don't want anybody that could challenge that, right? There's like a fear-based yeah. thing that goes on sometimes with CEOs or we're just people in power. It can be really in any level, I think. Yeah, any anyone can have yeah, that. Yeah, even like. I feel I feel like it's what we were talking about in the beginning too. You had mentioned it a little bit. You know, you have you kind of have two different kind two uh, different types. If we're talking about entrepreneurs, and it doesn't have to just be entrepreneur, but we'll talk about the entrepreneurs. You have the ones that were like lived in trailer parks and made their millions or billions by just grinding the pavement every single day of their life and and making it happen then you have the ones that that either was given to them they were brought in wealth or it just happened super easy and nine times out of ten the one that was grinding it every single day is the one that's going to have that mindset of of um finding people to to work with for them that are have are much better at things that they're not good at and also create that culture and they for the most part, obviously there's always exceptions to everything, are able to be human and realize, you know, I came from nothing. So I'm gonna remember that, you know, and I think that that's thus, thus that person has children and they're born into this privilege. Right. And then the cycle <laughs> continues. Right. I mean I think you know, I'm not in that position so I can't speak, but I would you know, I think that there's got there's there has to be some there would have to be some sort of way that they would install in their kids that they gotta work hard as well to be able to if I'm successful, super financially successful, I will somehow install that in my kids, although I'm not gonna make my kids go live on the street. Kid gets a ah, you know, maybe you should. Yeah, maybe I should, maybe. right? <laughs> yeah. Actually it's something I've been playing with is like oh, yeah. experimenting with being a bum. And not so much that I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's an undoing, right? It's a, like, right. what happens when you are sleeping on the street? What, what do you think about? So it's a complete, it's an awesome way to completely just undo your ego construct and your way of patterning. And then you can go like, oh shit. And so when you do that, like, you're like, okay, what happens? Who do I, who do I talk to? Who am I paying attention to? Like, who? What am I thinking about when people are looking at me? It's a completely different thing. It's not comfortable. And it brings it right yeah. down to the basics too. You need to be able to shit, pee, and eat. <laughs> yeah. Basically, so that's it's that's what you. Yeah. 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 There's there's like I think like a perception, right? Like a lot of people see bums and and uh, people in the street, and they think, oh, why do they get up and get a job, right? Like, and I've kind of just thought like that person unplugged. They said, fuck it, I'm not playing this game. Good. And good there's something like there's something said about that person, you know, take away maybe substance or alcohol abuse that 
can put someone there, but someone that's just like, fuck, fuck this thing that like, yeah. I have to fall in with this specific thing of society tells me I need to be doing. Like these people are like, fuck that. And there's, there's a freedom to that. There's Definitely. like, yeah, yeah. You get potential be liberating. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Know. It's, it's, for me, it was like I saw two parallel worlds, and I started to actually talk to one guy that uh, was on the street for a little bit, and then he came off. And uh, it's, it's just for me, it was like there was like a, it's like two worlds, and one's a ghost world. It depends which one you're taking place in. Because think about it, when you're when you're just walking around and you're not a bum, just a you know a vagabond, whatever, then you don't really engage. Like you don't even really think. So they're there, but they're not really there. And so as soon as you flip you see their community and you kind of look at some of the other people maybe don't really look at them in the same way so it's like like ghost worlds interacting <laughs> it's fucking that's, that. <laughs> that's, that's cool this uh yoga teacher here yeah i don't know if you, you know sarah lamb yeah 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 she did this thing it was like rush hour happiness and she would go on the corners during rush hour and like just have cardboard signs with like sharpies that says like you're worthy. You're, <laughs> That's you're awesome. Awesome. And she would get. She she's been doing it now. She went to Buffalo. Did it. She, she went to Buffalo. Buffalo and did it. I think she's done it three times now. And she gets like groups of people to go out during rush hour. They all make their own signs and they just sit there and with just like positive slogans on cardboard. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, I think it's 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 fascinating. Like, it, it's ama- It's amazing how. Um it's amazing how those little positive slogans, like just the people's spirits. I mean, I wear this shirt around. I have people comment it all the time. I've got one, another one that says "Feel Love," and uh, I people comment all the time on this stuff. You know, so it's just simple little things that you know. It's huge. And when I wear this one around, especially smile out so easy, it actually makes me feel like I need to smile all the time when I'm walking around in public. So I got to be oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't be grumpy in public when I wear this shirt. Yeah. It's funny. So it makes me accountable. Yeah. My perception of people is like, I used to think like people that were too happy, I'd be like, there's something wrong with that person. Yeah. I, yeah. That's what I would think in my head because I yeah. was grumpy, right? Like, yeah. Now I need something that's just like happy. I'm like, thank God there's someone else that's happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. So Adam, you're like huge in the meditation. Um, mm-hmm. When did you first start playing around with it? And what made you like, just uh, start a, like a, a daily practice? So I would say my solid daily practice started probably about three years ago. And before that was off and on since I was like 25. I did, I... When I was in the army, I kind of went through just a whole bunch of experimentation into like shamanism, uh, ayahuasca. So there's a lot of like introspection I was doing, and this was like a decade ago. Um, and then I got into uh, a Buddhist temple, and I just so I kind of kept going from there, and I would practice. And I would say that one of the biggest things that helped me was uh, implementing an artistic version of meditation. Um, so like the Enso. So yeah. a lot of times with people, it's like, wow, well, I, I can't do this. This is so hard. It's not interesting. You know, I'm just sitting there doing nothing and adding in some, you know, some mindfulness or meditation and then adding an element of art made it a little bit more interesting. And it's not like I was, I'm not an artist at all. Like I do stick figures in my presentations and workshops. So it's like, yeah. but it's just a circle. Uh, that, but it was like a whole process where I had like gratitude and all these different things. And that actually really solidified a longer period instead of being like 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there. Then it was like 30 minutes, 30 plus. 
Um, and then I went to a Vipassana retreat. I'm it's not like familiar. okay, so uh, yeah, I'll fill you in. <laughs> well, so it's a ten day yeah. silent retreat where you basically live, live like a monk, and uh, so that's cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, you go through, and it's basically somewhere like ten to twelve hours of meditation. Um, you don't speak. You don't communicate in any way. You're like, no physical contact. So you are just like in yours, wow. in your space. Wow. So that like really beefed it up. What what did you find from that experience? Like, what like what were some <laughs> things that you took away? Uh, well, first of all, I would say that um, you're crazier than you think, <laughs> <laughs> and if you think you're happy, you might not actually be happy. Uh, that you might be covering up. Um, that you react more than you think, uh, or that you know you think you know. Um, so that was for me, it was like all these little subtleties of, you know, what happens in, in our world and how it rea- how we react or respond to it. And so that was like really interesting. And then you come out and you're like, wow, I'm like super, like super zoned out, blissed out. Right. And so you have this like greater awareness and then you get like kind of put back into your normal world and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, at first you're, like, good. And they're like, oh, but then you start realizing how fucked up you are. And I don't mean in, like, a beneficial way. Like, you know, we're all happy and perfect people. But, like, you still have some shit to clean up. And that was, that was it's, frustrating. It's uncovering, it's bringing some awareness to some things then. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you have the awareness tool, but you don't have maybe the rest of the toolbox to kind of. Right. So that's a process that takes with it. Um, how was your ayahuasca experience? The first two were terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you go to Peru? No, actually, I, so I was stationed in San Antonio. Okay. And uh, and I'm in Intel, by the way. So, like, this is kind of, like, it's weird to mm-hmm. go. There's no one else is doing this stuff. Technically not illegal because it's a religious ceremony, but still it's not, like, it's right. you know, a hallucinogenic medicinal plant. Right. Uh, so I went to Austin. Mm-hmm. And so there was just, like, a guy I met, probably not like the safest and most like thought out thing. Right. Uh, but like a guy I ended up like befriending somehow and like just having conversations and he was a curandero. And so like, I you know, went and, uh, I spent a couple ceremonies there. It was like at different times, like maybe a few months apart. And, uh, so you, do you want me to explain like the ceremony to it? That'd be yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm, it's one of my life, one of my goals. Oh, okay, I want to do okay. it. That's why I'm asking you. I, you know who Aubrey Marcus is? No. On it? You know On it? Yeah, yeah. He's the uh, CEO of On it. Okay. But he's always talking about it. He's in Austin, actually. But um, I've always, one, one thing I definitely want to do is, is Ayahuasca because, yeah, I just, I don't know, I've got this you might see calling. You don't want to see it. Oh, <laughs> believe me. I'll, 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 whatever I'm going to see, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll deal with it. No worries. <laughs> you no worries. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your, your experience. Uh, okay, so it starts out, and uh, so, and I recently did it again. So this was it was much lighter, and so I feel like people forget freaked out, like oh my god, it's terrifying. Like yeah, it can be a very uh, deep realization stuff that is maybe not always the most comfortable. It's not like hey, let's go get mushrooms and go right. watch a concert. Like it's not like that. It's practice. Um, this one was a little darker to start, but it's like. You get in and uh, you have a certain um, routine. There's usually some sort of fasting or like mm-hmm. you're, there's certain things you can't eat. Right. Uh, but like it's not like you're starving yourself. 
then you show up and it was like you, you kind of met these people that you had no idea who they were. So like right away, like there's like my fear shits kicks in, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, then you're in a circle and you have the curandero that, um, you know, smudges goes through the process of kind of like uh, opening the circle and, and preparing. And then you go around and one by one, you'll do your intentions and then you'll come up and you'll drink. And um, I can't remember... So the, the most recent one, it was like there was a number system, like one to 10, 10 being like, I'll see you some other time. Like, <laughs> like it's going to be a hell of a trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one being like a very light, light experience. And I think it was like medium, easy or hard in the first one. So I said what I said, and, and I think it was maybe hard, like a, an intense one. And then you sit down and it's quiet and... And as you're sitting there and you kind of start to settle down and just, just then you start to feel things kind of kick in. And then the curandero has this like interesting knack of being able to know when it's starting to kick in for people. And he starts making these like noises and, uh, it's, it starts to like shoot you into a, to a different world. And, um, it's, you basically keep your eyes closed most of the time. So it's an internal, so some people can open up their eyes, but you're trying to have as much of an internal process as possible and right. uh, so like you close in you start to see I, I don't know what it's called but like everything where it starts to let like, the kaleidoscope effect and um, there is a purging it doesn't always happen so like if there's a cleaner medicine there's we can talk to you like maybe I can if you ever come out to San Diego yeah. I can put you in touch with some people but um, that didn't happen my second time the first one it was a little bit more like yeah, you see purging, you throwing, throwing up. up yeah, so, well, some people it's like crying. Some people like it, more rare is like some people will have to go to the bathroom. Number two, yeah. so they say like you know don't try and fart or something because he <laughs> yeah. might have a. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've took mushrooms before where like it's like all of a sudden it's kicking in and then all of a sudden you're like oh god, what's going on in your stomach and your head is. Yeah. Back from the bathroom, completely different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and then, so you're in the circle, and the journey starts. And I don't know really how to explain it other than that, because each time, it's really interesting because, I mean, I guess more with, like, uh, plant medicines, there's a, a variation, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of times when we think of, like, hey, I take this pill, there's a specific result, and right. it's calculated, you know what's going to happen, and right. this, there's a... It's more individual, like needs right like, individual needs the group the medicine it, it like, kind of knows the it, medicine just kind of knows I think you know what like, you ask for yeah, you know it's, yeah. it's so in this one because each one has like different medicines and sometimes I'll put you know different additives into it and I don't mean like you know they're putting in uh, Nick um, I don't know, like, well, they actually, they will sometimes put, like, tobacco and stuff in there. And so sometimes people might have a different experience with that. Mm-hmm. And so there's usually a more intense purging with when they start having different ad- additives. I might do, like, certain barks, stuff like that. Right. Um, the second one was more clean, so I didn't really have it. It was much more gentle. Right. I did DNT once, and it, uh, it, I could, it was weird to the point where, like, I saw, like, how I could go deep but I was holding on mm-hmm. and I think because it, I don't know you know it was just some random stuff I got from somebody um, and I think like I was scared like it was definitely like a scary aspect to it yeah and, you gotta really prepare and, for that but at the like, same time like yeah you don't go walk into I think, it lightly I think 
you think you're going to get something right away from it. And I started to get shit like weeks later, right? Like you, stuff starts to come up in your life. And like that experience you had, like, is kind of like a, it's like gives you an alarm clock later when like, you know, too much ego is coming out or something may be happening. Like I'm doing this because right. why? Or why don't I just like embellish and lie to make that story sound better? You know, you start to really analyze yourself in some ways that, like, I started to realize after that experience of doing it. Um, I'd definitely like to do it again. It was just... It was, I'd love to do that, too. It was, yeah. it was a weird setting, and I felt like I was I was ripping on to the, the external world. I still had a hand there. And I think I talk about this in business, too, or, like, just relationships, or really anything, right? Like, we, we say, like, I did everything I could to succeed. You know, I used to sit out in my gym all the time. Like, I was doing whatever I had. I had a fucking exit plan the whole goddamn time, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I was ready to go with that exit plan the whole time. And I wasn't full-fledged in. And I think about, like, that experience. I was doing the same thing, right? Like, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. But do I really? My hand's over here holding yeah. on yeah. from actually, like, zipping in, taking that zip line. Yep. You know, like... Letting go is hard. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I think... I, I like the idea of the ayahuasca and the DMT too because it's like the peeling back of the eye. People think it's, people, obviously it's got a bad rap and stuff. People think you're just like hallucinating. and But in reality, it's like that peeling back of that onion. You're mm-hmm. just, you're seeing things that are always there, but now, now you're actually seeing it for real. Your ego, your, your egoic mind is, is being, saying, see you later, it's got to go. And you're really seeing, it's like a mirror put yeah. up to your subconscious. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And then you just face and that's, the mirror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, because I've done, I mean, I, some of the most intense experience I've ever had as far as spiritual experience concerns as, um, in, in my Reiki practice, I've done Reiki and we did group meditations. I had a couple of out of body experiences where I left and literally saw everything and got freaked out and just, you know, kind of went right back in again. But it was amazing how you reminded me of it when you were talking about when you were doing the, to the 10 day thing, mm-hmm. how, you know, you came back and you're like, holy shit. You're like, you, number one, you feel, you see how kind of fucked up you were in certain things, but everything is much more enhanced too. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I'll never forget. I was in New York City. I, I left and everything was super loud to me. And like, I could feel every single little bush and plant was like, I could feel the energy all around me so intensely. I just wanted to like crawl up in one of the bushes and hang out. It was, <laughs> it was like, I was tripping off. It was so crazy, you know? And it was, you know, it was an awesome feeling, but at the same time, really, really overwhelmed. And I'm glad it eventually went away. It took a couple days actually, yeah. but you know, it was, it's amazing just how it, it made me realize that one of the things that I took away with it was it made me realize that nothing is a fucking big deal at all. Life is fucking amazing. And it's, I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about it. It was just like, if we could just be in that mindset all the time, life would, it, there would be no war. There would be no weird, you know, Trumps out there or whatever, you know, it would just be what it is. Yeah. Well, I love that. Yeah. I love what you're saying too, because it's like really like, it's a really rare thing that we're actually human beings, right? Like that yeah. we, the sequence of events that had to happen for us to actually be born, right? Like it's right. insane if you start looking at the probability of it. Like, like if your dad didn't do your mom and that didn't happen that same <laughs> night, like, you know, 
and, and if your dad never met your mom and you're grabbing it, like you just go back. You can get right. into a wheel just thinking about like, and then the fact that like all three of us are together at this very moment, this very time, mm-hmm. it's an absolute miracle. And mm-hmm. if you kind of look at life like that, it's just one miracle after another that we're even here. Yeah. You know, and then you stop worrying about like, oh, there's football players kneeling during national anthems. Like, why? Like, what is all this stuff? Like, these politics and these things that get thrown that in That don't face. matter at all. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, 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 it's silly. Yeah. You know, um, look at the joys that, like, we are actually alive. Yeah. Breathing human beings. Absolutely. You know, and I think back to, like, kind of, like, what I like is, like, it, through yoga, I have found myself the close, closest to psychedelic experiences without taking psychedelics. Yeah. I've took on numerous psychedelics in my life, but like through series of poses and being held there, like I found myself on a rocket ship inside my brain, mm-hmm. like just like really figuring some shit out, maybe not realizing I was at the time, but like looking back, like, wow, that was doing a lot for me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think it all comes down to feeling right. Like, can we get back to that ability to be able to feel our body, feel our sensations, feel our thoughts and recognize an awareness of like, Hey, I am a reactive being. Um, and I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just like through it's, yoga, it's like, good. I like this it. kind of a, an eye opener. Like this is what the yogis were doing hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Like they didn't have to actually even take the DMT. They, yeah, that's they, you're you getting. Know. Well, so that that's like, um, it is. It's really intense to really like shake it, shake your whole foundation in a matter of hours, right? Like you yeah. just, yeah, it's uh, almost like a whole lifetime of meditation or something. So that's like that's uh, that's why I really enjoy like the Carlos Castaneda stuff or like the way of Don Juan and stuff like that. He so he talks about his experience and whether or not it's legit. Um, but he like there's a lot of plant medicines they use to get him into you know, out of his, you know, structure. And, but there's also another element of that uh, that are kind of like these undoing practices they're not doing. And that's really, you're trying to basically get it to shift your perspective to shift without having to take a hallucinogen. Right. And it, it, one is more sober. It's a little bit more gradual. It's a little bit more consistent and, but it's not as extreme. So it's a little bit more sustainable for some people. Um, but I think, I, I, I don't know if I've said this here, but I've said this before, like in, in the chakra system, right? Like your third eye, like, and I think what happened to me is I did a lot of psychedelics when I was really young and not totally a mature human. And in any kind of yoga pose or any kind of thing, you're always working from the root up. And it's like, you almost develop this, but you don't have the heart or, or the root in all these things along the way to actually hold that up. Right. Right, like you need to develop, I think, a certain way for it to actually like to take these ideas into fruition into your life. I feel like having a good teacher is so important. I mean, we t- I did yeah, a, like a, guru, a bunch of right? yeah, I did a, a Kundalini yoga for a while, and that was one of the things that they we, they would talk about. It's like when we were there, is that you, you know they were very hands on with us, and then my our our um she our yoga instructor 
and because you really start to release the kundalini, oh, the kundalini, you know, it starts to bring up a lot of emotional shit mm-hmm. and some stuff that people aren't ready to deal with too. You know, so I think it's so so that you, when you're, I think if you're just, especially when you're younger, if you're just practicing, you're starting to open these things up. I think for, for some people, like intuitively, you're just going to keep things shut down that you know, intuitively know that if they come up, it's going to destroy you at that point in time. So having like that good guidance from that guru or that Sifu or, or somebody that can really help you slowly do it properly and do it the right steps that are for you is so important, you know? It's like bumper bowling. You'd like to have yeah. a guide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's, in the gutter. Yeah. Funny. And you, you, huh. what, what do you call that circle again? The Enso? Enso. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that, and that brought back memories of, like, you know, uh, high school. Like, I remember one time taking a bunch of LSD with a bunch of friends. I was probably 16. And we were in the town of Hilton just sitting there. Like, it was freezing out. It was, like, winter time. We, were, we made all these, like... Kind of couches with cardboard boxes, and we're sitting like by the local big M. And for some, <laughs> reason, for some reason, we would wake, up, we would like kind of move, we just smoke cigarettes, and then we would walk around the whole building every hour and hour. And I started to like come up with this idea that like life is just a bunch of fucking cycles, and just the way the trip kind of goes. And then oh yeah, goes yeah. Back and it goes everything spinning and crazy, and then it kind of comes back, and it's like ayahuasca is like that too. Goes, like it's like if you hit that like that intense period, you're like, okay, I know it's gonna. but that's everything right like in our lives like we get into these intense moments where we got a billion things going on and just recognizing like this is just another moment of that high that's Mm -hmm. coming around the cycle and we're just you know once these cycles stop then we're done and that's it and we just need to experience them Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know whether it's like it was like you know I was 16 and I was like well you know we go through cycles of like you know, the calendar year, we go through cycles of school, there's seasons, and I started just dissecting this with my friends, and like, I always remember it, like, and I don't know what I was thinking back then, I was just trying to kind of figure out what I was feeling within that experience of LSD. Mm -hmm. But, you know, don't get me wrong, I was taking LSD because I wanted to get fucked up. (laughs) That was my whole intention. (laughs) But like, even that was my intention, it sent me down this like, kind of other ideas of, what am I feeling? Yeah. I, well, I, <laughs> it's kind of a gift, right? In the yeah. sense that like, there are people that I know that look at marijuana, like it's the fucking devil yeah. and you're like, holy oh, crap. Yeah. Like they're just, it, and I, it's not that I like I have any male intent towards them. It's just, I understand like they've just been held onto a program so long that they don't understand they're holding onto a program. Yeah. Right. And when you do things like that, I think you start to, it's easier for you to look at your box from a different angle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's weird because I definitely grew up with, like questioning and again, that curiosity, like, you know, and I would listen to old hardcore music like Fugazi and stuff where they had like sayings like, you are not what you own. It's not what they're selling, it's what you're buying. And, and you, yeah. know, like, you get the stuff Fugazi, like, put in your ear wow. at like a young age and you're like, you know, it really, like, 
we're worried about these things, like, and people are trying to control us, but like you're in ultimate control. You are. Yeah. I mean, all the medicines around you, like the, like the iOS or what's not really around us, it's hard to get, but you know, or, or the, 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 the marijuana or, th- or there's, there's things, there's tools to yes, help yeah, us yeah. that are there. You know, we don't necessarily need them, you know, we can, right. but, but they're there, you know, but they're so demonized in our society. I think for that reason, we can we can get conspiracy theory on this. And I mean, I think it's because if imagine if everybody was awake, there'd be no there would be no need for control. Yeah, it'd be a very know? different society. Well, yeah. like, I mean, you look back into the design, right? Like this is for working with businesses design. It's like this backdoor like way. I'm trying to undo our culture in a way or redesign right. it. Is that understanding that like what do we do when we have to work? We drink lots of coffee. Yeah. What do we need to do? I need to wind down and fucking know how to. I drink alcohol or even marijuana. Like that's a, we're yeah. kind of like modulating that, but like that's that's something that you can modulate and design, right. so you don't have to modulate it. It's right. Yeah, it's. Have you guys seen the documentary on Netflix, Dying to Know? It's about uh, mm-hmm. Tim Leary and uh, Ram Dass, and it goes. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe have maybe a while. Albert. So they were the guys at Harvard. Yeah. That like started those LSD experiments. Okay. They they did some stuff with psilocybin and then they did LSD. This is kind of interesting. Like the concept is dying to know. We're we're dying to know what happens when we die. (laughs) Right. Dying to know. But it's a very fascinating thing and how each one of them like Ramdas went to India, found Maharaji, and like um, you know, there's he's got a, a thing where he brought like liquid LSD to this guru. Maharaji was supposedly like a, an enlightened being, and he he drank it and he didn't change. It didn't do anything to him. You know, it, it, he talks about it in his book. Um, but Timothy Leary just went. He tried to fight the system. That's all he did. He fought and they fought back, and he went to jail, and it was this thing. And like Ramdas kind of just kind of figured out a way to work with the world. Um, and it's very interesting if you ever get a chance it's, it's a good hour and a half hmm. to watch cool. it but uh, it was cool because they come back later in life and it shows them uh, you know and uh, Timothy Leary was dying he got uh, pancreatic cancer and he was having parties he was like you know this is like the biggest thing we wait for this in our whole entire life it's like, like death is such a elephant in the room that's not talked about right, right. like we're too scared to but we're all gonna fucking die. Mm-hmm. Right? It's gonna happen. We're, right. we're gonna. There's a day, and we don't know when it's gonna happen. But we're all gonna fucking die. And like, and if you actually get like, I got cancer, or I got some kind of thing, and like, you celebrate like your life of this experience of death, and actually experience it with some grace, you know. Um, I don't know. It was very interesting to me. It definitely like was those documentaries you watch and then you don't go right to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Don't watch this right before you go to bed. Because <laughs> <laughs> you probably won't sleep. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. But awesome. You had, uh, I mean, kind of going back to like the very beginning, you're still talking about like the athlete. How do you get them to, you know, uh, work harder? How do you get someone that, you know, that works or doesn't have to work. How do you get them to, to understand and, and kind of take that bigger picture and take that next step? Yeah. And like that's maybe this is one of those things. Like it's a part of a tool. I mean, it's just theoretically you're looking at if yeah. if you perceive everything this the same way and you have no 
notion that it could be different, how do you connect to someone like that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I'm not saying you should go and give your athletes drugs. I'm just saying, (laughs) well, I think you go through life and you have these constant kind of, it's almost like a ticket in, right? You get like, whether it's, you meet a person that can get you in or like you end up like getting that invite to a yoga class. And it's, it's really back to that on an individual, like, am I willing to dive in and kind Mm. of dissect and analyze myself? analyze my my thoughts and my feelings my actions and I think some people it's like the great it's the matrix thing right like some people are fine not knowing and living in that ignorance is bliss kind of world yeah and I, I know a bunch of people like that uh, I do too and it's like Based, it yeah. stresses me out a little bit but like at the same time like sometimes you know, I'm kind of jealous you don't know what you <laughs> Yeah, you don't know. There, there, don't know. there is a, a a bit of bliss in that. You yeah, know, like, to, to see that. You know. Yeah. But that saying, you don't know what you don't know. Like. Right. I. It goes back to curiosity again. Like I just had that curiosity. Like there's yeah. more to this. So you had that curiosity. So like, like the parallel, like you had the curiosity before you took this stuff. Always, yeah. yeah. So that's it, why you took the stuff. So is there an athlete that is never going to take your direction because he never was ready for it in the first place? How do you develop curiosity? How do you? Well, well I mean, I you shake you, their world. <laughs> yeah, you got to shake their world. You got to like yeah. show them. Everybody's. I think it's that why. You go back to that why. You know, that's how you can start. And you because everybody's got their shit. And then some people are just better at burying it than other people. You know, and I think getting to their shit. You know, peeling back that onion, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and then, you know, there's some people that just aren't going to be willing to do it. They don't want to do it or they don't feel that they need to do it. And that's fine. I know people like they that. Got many you know? lives to live. Yeah. They got many lives to live, you know, and some people, the older, but I believe to be the older souls are the ones that are, I think, more curious and, and more like, to a certain extent, depressed. <laughs> Because we see shit, you know, you see things, you you can see how things can be. For me, it's always that I can just see how things don't need to be as hard as they are. I see how things can be better, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? You just, it's, it's a like, I, I it's agree. like, yeah. it's so frustrating. That well, sense, it's just you know? like, how much is this like, I remember having a conversation with my grandfather before he died, like when he was in his 90s, and he was talking about an experience, like, at work that he had and he worked in a factory and how someone did him wrong and he was like and how he like he he said this it was 40 years since he worked there but he still spite oh, about yeah, the situation yeah. and it's like so I'm, I, I mean maybe that was my ticket right like I don't want to live with that kind of spite yeah. about someone that may have done me wrong like younger right situations in my life um but like you know I'm like grandpa you're letting that like take take up your brain right now like so essentially that past living in the past is taking you so out of the present and you see people like that so they're so far like they're stuck especially people that are older they're living in their past you know and then you see the young kids right they're so concerned about the future right you know and it's really like getting people to that present here and now. It's all you have. It's all you have. It's, I, I hear, I, I'll hear people or friends or, you know, loved ones say things like, I'm never going to forgive that person or I, I hate that person or I can't stand that person. I just look at, I'm always at this, I, I just look at them like, really? That's like the stupidest thing ever. You know that they're not going to give a shit about that and you know who that affects negatively? It only yeah. affects you negatively. That's it. it doesn't affect anybody else, it just affects you. 
that's it, you know, and it's, it's, but that egoic mind, I mean, it's that, that ego just is not, it's like, I'm not going to let it go. I'm not going to let it go. I'm not going to let it go, you know? And I've dealt with a shitload of anger my whole life, mm. you know, and I've had to let a lot of stuff go. And it's not easy. It's it's scary to let things go. I mean, you sound you said you had a rough childhood. Yeah. Too, I mean, so it's like I'm sure you've had to work on letting a lot of things go. It was it's a blessing because I mean, yeah. th- like you said, that was my ticket, right? I saw yeah. like wow, and the, my, well, well, my parents went through this. This is how they then they built a life that is now perpetuating what I'm going through. And I like to cycle like. All right, this and it's something different. Yeah, like the the old soul thing, right? Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I almost feel like I've done this before. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not as excited about all this stuff anymore. So I'm willing to go sit for ten days mm-hmm. and really work on myself, trying to get to that next level. Exactly. Exactly. It's a vulnerable thing, though. Like sitting there for ten days. Oh, like, dude, it's like, like, <laughs> that's really that's like a, like you want to talk about absolute vulnerability. That's like that's like taking a knife to, to the onion, right? Like you're not just taking one layer off. Yeah. Yeah, You're going going a few layers deep there. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I I definitely think that meditation is you, well, one, you will not be your truest self without it or your highest self, whatever you want to call it. And it's, it's some form. Um, and it's just like, that's one of those things because we just, you need to develop the awareness of all the things and like the little nuances of stuff that you wouldn't pick up otherwise. You've already like been triggered to do something and you haven't even remembered. You're, you're five steps down the road. Yeah. And so you think like, well, no, I'm consciously making decisions, but you haven't dug up the shit that is leading to those conscious thoughts. So it's like, you don't, you're only aware of, it's like the iceberg, right? You're only like, you think what you see is what your consciousness, but like there's all that stuff below that that is pushing it. Right. Yeah. You're the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I was going through my divorce and I was just kind of looking at, like, it really threw me down a loop looking at human behavior and reading lots of stuff. And I forget what it was called, but it was talking about how, like, like we take on habits that are, like, generational, right? Like, it's not even, like, something that happened in our lifetime. You know, like, it's like the, the lady gets sexually abused and then she has children and then her daughter she like caters and coddles and then they get raised to like treat men a certain way and this is just an example but then mm-hmm. that person has kids and there's this like hereditary like habitual um, fear of men that is raised that could be from generations if you look at the holocaust right like and the trust and like what that could have done generations and generations yeah. and, and we may have these habits within ourselves that we didn't it's not like I developed a bad habit but it was kind of just bred into me mm-hmm. you know through generations and that's why like you know there's all these like things like oh he's just Italian or he's German right, right? like he's got a bad temper <laughs> bad temper was something that my dad probably had and mm-hmm. then my dad's dad had and it was something like right. that was just kind of instilled you know when you're just developing as a child it gets ingrained or strengthened yeah. as opposed to like balanced yeah and it's it's I don't, I don't know if I have a solution for it but that's where I think like the meditation and like really like for me I just a, a big step for my development was understanding that like I'm just a reactive person no matter what, right? Like, like I have reactions 
in my brain to certain situations and then kind of like taking a step back from that reactive person like like I was mm-hmm. telling Steve before I have a referee inside like yeah. okay should this come to the surface or should this something I should just like shoot away like, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. shoot that away because that's nothing I needed like right. even even if I was like oh so and so is being a bitch you know yeah probably shouldn't bring that to the surface and that's just <laughs> a reaction that's in my brain or you know um it's amazing how when you don't react yeah. how things just don't go anywhere they're done like but don't that. you always react isn't there always going to be no. well I don't know so like this is like my my thing that I'm kind of like my personal journey is like hey I've been reading stories my whole life right this mm-hmm. enlightenment story thing you know whatever you want to call it like does it exist so I like that's like I'm kind of like figuring that out let's let's see if you can if this is legit and then I'm going to try and like make it easier for other people by like programming it. So, um, yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, like do you, you consistently react or maybe it just passes through you more quickly without you holding on to it. Yeah. You know, sometimes maybe the reaction, it's a helping reaction, right? Or maybe, you know, I, well, know. I think if you put it in, I think if you look at it, there's, you look at, are you being proactive in the situation? Or are you being reactive? I mean that that's the way to really if you want to label well, I think it. The real reactive you know. is like is like when like we open our mouth without actually thinking about what we're right. going to say right. right away. Are you trying to be helpful in the situation yeah. you're trying to be? Well, right. Yeah. I realized right. something myself like how I deal with certain kinds of things. I, I, I would get sarcastic. Like what is oh, sarcasm, yeah. right? Like you're afraid to tell someone how you really feel, so you throw like sarcasm at it. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know. I, I can use it to an example. Like uh, you know, uh, um, I'm blanking <laughs> now. But you know, like I would uh, like sure, Steve, sure, Steve, yeah. like sure you were uh, you were uh, at the bar. You know, I, I don't know. But you know, you could. Uh, I would find myself always going to sarcasm mm-hmm. when. I wanted to say something else, right? Like that would be like, instead of going to that, like, no, what you were saying was really making me upset or the way you handled that or right. whatever it may be. But, um, I don't know. I just went to a fog there. my fog. I'm trying to fight through it at the moment. I'm like, <laughs> so, that's something so, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so like, what's uh, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll go around the table uh, what do you guys do when you're in the face of that because I mean like you said I, you have a space and that's how like meditation creates a space between thoughts and actions in some right. way and so like what do we do maybe it gives some different tips for people like what, what do you guys do to keep you when you're aware of it I, I always go back to like my routine mm-hmm. um my morning routine, how I set up my day. Um, chances are, if I try to meditate every day, I try to write in my journal, and I try to set my day up like, uh, you know, depending on what's going on, if I'm doing yoga or, or some kind of physical activity, like, um, chances are, if I do all these things, I'm having a good day. And if I, if I like had a bad day, I tend to look at the habits and stuff I've, I've 
been having. It would be like, oh, we had a party to go to or some kind of wedding or some, there's something going on, life gets busy, and then I woke up and I was tired and I went right to work, and then I had to go right to work and I had to go train people, and then I, I was exhausted, so I went back to sleep and I slept past my alarm, and then like it's these chain reactions of shit that happens, and it's, for me, it's recognizing that, like, mm-hmm. okay, like, get back, you know, and, and I've learned to have a lot of compassion with myself, like, okay, like, just. Mm-hmm. Is there a hugging to him? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I love. I have a really supporting partner, mm-hmm. and she believes the same things I do. So, like, for us to get up, you know, and not push snooze on the alarm ten times, and actually get up, you know, um, drink some tea or coffee, play some good music, and like just journal for a while, and just get my thoughts on paper. I, I, journaling for me has changed a lot. Um, you know, just having writing down things I'm grateful for, writing down like you know, ideas that I have. Um, but it all stems back to, like, my ability to be self-aware of, like, the patterns. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, that's, a, like, part of my philosophy is built on these body practices because it's hard to be aware of your patterns or have that space before you react if your body's inflamed, if you're not sleeping, if all mm-hmm. that stuff... It, it's like you. It's you don't even have a shot. <laughs> yeah. So at least if you're in alignment, you got a you got at least a shot. Yeah. Right. I think what it was funny, like like, and it just yoga was for me. It was. I think lots of my evolution came from yoga. And, you know, I would just go because I wanted to work out, and I was I felt like I needed the mobility. I got hurt, hurt my shoulder, and I was like, yoga was kind of a softer thing, and like. I would go, but then I would start, like, they would be saying these things, and, like, I would start tearing up, and I would start crying at yoga, and I'd be like, what the fuck am I crying for? Like, you don't, you don't even fucking know. You're just crying. <laughs> like, and there's just, it's like you're working this shit out, this stuff that's just, like, these habits, these ideas, these things, and you're, like, almost trying to purge yourself, mm. for lack of a better term, in, like, like yoga, and, and then... I started studying yoga more and like and realizing, oh, this is what it's doing, you know. And I think that allowed me to yoga led me to more meditation. Um, that's good. I, I think that's a lot of times people like they get to yoga and they think that it is meditation, which I, I my experience is not always that. It's often more movement than reflection. Yeah. Especially like like you know trendy power vinyasa classes. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong I've actually like done some good work on myself in like a movie meditation where I'm just like but a lot of that to, a lot of that I think had to do with like going in high and smoking a bunch of pot and, you know, <laughs> and I was able it gave me a route to be able to do that mm-hmm. in that like where I'm just like on a you know a mat in my own atmosphere because um, it was funny when I stopped smoking it was almost like I had to learn how to do yoga again. Because I was high so much when I first started doing yoga that all of a sudden I'm going to yoga and I'm like, how the fuck did I, how do you do this? Is your performance enhancing drug? Yeah, <laughs> yes, you know, it was my, it was my mind altering. Like it, it was that um, thing I did that like, I think gave me a shortcut a little bit. Right. Um, and then it was like, okay, scale back a little bit and let's figure this out again. Let's, like, I think it, in, in a way, 
the cannabis allowed me to avoid certain things while I was practicing That's that I had to revisit with nothing. Then you're just alone. You don't have this like cushion. Well, I was high, like so. That's why I was. That's why that felt weird. Or like you know, this came mm-hmm. out. You know, and then all of a sudden it's coming out, and you're like, completely get sober. And you're like, okay, this is something. What, what about you, Steve? Do you uh, like quick things when you're when you feel the heat rising? Is there anything like that you find that helps you? Well, I I mean, first off, is the daily practice, like you're saying. I mean, I have. Working out, I love, you know, I, I, every single morning I do though, I will, uh, I write in my journal as well. And I usually will write about what my dream was really quickly. I can cool. spend a long time on that. So I try to really just do a quick thing so I don't have a lot of time in the morning. Um, and then I write a gratitude and I write my goals. And then and then I um, will meditate, usually do a standing meditation, sitting meditation, depending on where I'm at that day. Um, and I, working out really helps a lot because I, I still deal, my biggest demon inside of me is, is, is probably fear. Like that's present, you know, and I think that's true for everybody. Yeah, but for me, definitely. it's, for me, it's like right on the surface. Like I know it's, it's there and like I've dug it up so much that sits right here now, you know, so I know, I know exactly when it's going to come up and I know what triggers it. So I've, because of the practices that I've done, I'm able to. Um, most of the time I'm able to sit back in the situation I'm in and then I talk to myself, I've got like my, my, um, my subconscious talking to my monkey mind or the, the egoic mind saying, okay, chill out. Let's just take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. You know, I had like on Sunday, like yesterday, I had a lot of buttons pushed. We went to this random, uh, I, we went to this networking, basically this networking thing for, for, um, instructors and for business, business owners in the area. And um, it it really brought a lot of things back that I thought I had completely dealt with. There were some people that are, that that make me feel slightly uncomfortable for whatever reason. They and I, and I I left a certain um, I'm not happy with how I left a certain situation. Mm-hmm. And there were some of the people were there um, that I never really felt like I completely had closure. had closure with. You know, they didn't see the true me in the situations um, because I just you know, had things that I was still working on, you know, so it brought up a lot of that stuff. So I had, and I don't, I'm not the, I'm not the most, my fear arises in the, in, 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 um, when I'm going to feel like I'm going to feel stupid in the situation. That's where my primary, what I feel like my primary fear is left is in that specific situation. Like I don't have fear in, in, um, going out and, 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 you know, doing things like, most things nowadays in life where I would, I would like things like this I wouldn't be able to do very well you know or mm. that a long time ago but ju- just like being in those large group of people where I got to go introduce myself and talk to people that, or or doing the, the biggest the, going up and we did the, the zip whatever, whatever it's called the aerial stuff oh, you know? yeah. I mean I, I, I was more afraid of falling first because I didn't want to look stupid or falling period because <laughs> I didn't want to look stupid so I was realizing that so how I'm able to deal with that and how I dealt with that a lot yesterday was number one, I had Rodney inside there to help me out, which was great as support. But I also was able to just kind of take a deep breath and recognize it. And I just kept going through it. Where in the past, I would just have left. Where I would have just went back and waited for everybody when they were done, you know, and just been like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this, That's you know. It. But I've taken deep breath and just been able to do it. I always like to, I always usually, I always just say, I just got to pick my balls up and just go. <laughs> and that, that's really what it is. So for me now, 
long story short is I'm, I'm most of the time I'm able to give myself in that split second, that half a second or that second space that I need to process and then move forward mm-hmm. and then not be reactive to most things. You know, sometimes it is internalized and I am reacting inside, but I'm able to kind of smile and, and really get past it for the most part, you know? So yeah. So that, I mean, that's, that's, so I just always, cause I know a hundred percent. The one thing that I know a hundred percent is it's all in my head. So <laughs> that helps me a lot. You know what I mean? If I'm having some sort of reaction to things or whatever, I know it's all in my head. So if I always keep that in my mind, I'm like, that's good. To, I'm good to go. And if for some reason somebody doesn't like me for whatever reason, that's okay. You know, because it doesn't, that in the long run doesn't really matter at all because 90% of the time about them anyways, you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so that's, that's, I think that's the mantra I put in my head. It's all in my head. That's all in my head. <laughs> it's all in my head. No even the mantra. Even the yeah. mantra's in your head. Yeah, yeah. even the mantra's <laughs> in my head. In Everything's in my head. How about, how about you? I mean, you've done, obviously, done a lot of self, self-work and stuff as yeah. well. How about your, you know? So, my, like, I think the routine or rituals are, yeah. are like a really powerful thing that is like a... Uh, Pretty much everyone's going to be doing it in five years, right? We just have a greater awareness to it. Um, but so mine is I wake up. I'm lucky. I've created a life where I don't have to. I don't have kids. Um, I don't have a, a stereotypical job where I have the demands of, you know, my ass has to be in a chair for eight hours. So I get up and I'll meditate for an hour. And I've actually just started Facebook living these meditations. And there, it's like my experimental sessions. So mm-hmm. I've been doing Kundalini stuff, some breathing stuff. It's all like so. It's it's interesting, cool. uh, at least for me. So, cool. but the idea is like to have people um, also see that or maybe join. So if you have a notification, it makes it easier. Like, oh, at least take some some deep breaths. Right. Uh, so that's about an hour. Sometimes more more often it's you know, around an hour. Sometimes that's it's gone as long as an hour and forty five. You know, um, and I usually have that with like I'll start wake up read. Um, it might be sutras. It might be anything that's usually within that heady space. Okay. Uh, and then, um, sorry, obviously I eat and try to optimize my eating. Uh, it's more of a paleo-ish kind of style, but like I have a good idea. I've played with stuff for so long. I know how to like know what tool to take for the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, at night I try and meditate and, and then I have like my sleep practices comes on at night. It's like, I try and go to like the low blue light stuff as soon as like the sun comes down. It just helps put me in a rhythm. Um, and then as far as like within the heat of the moment, there's a few things I play with. Uh, one is there is an awareness of whatever sensation, thought, right. you know, desire. Uh, so that that's like the initial stages of meditation are about concentration, so that you don't go into these stories mm-hmm. and whatever happens right once once you're in the story it's hard to pull yourself out yeah. and people are like oh, I, I, I'm, it's like no it's cool you're that's gonna happen like it fucking happens to me sometimes right. it happens a lot like yeah it's normal uh but once you can stay out of those stories and you're like oh wait something's happening with my body and so like that's one thing i might notice is my physical body like my respiration changes my posture and one of the coolest things about movement is I don't think people understand that when you build an awareness, not just can you execute execute a movement, like, oh, I can clean, I can deadlift. When you build an awareness of what you are doing, of your posture, then you build an awareness of your physical and mental state. Yes. I love that. Yes, absolutely. Love that. So yeah. that's like the deep shit, right? And, yeah. You know, and we can look sexy too. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> uh, and then, so like, uh, that might be something that I'll play with my breath. 
um, that if I um, am in my head a lot, you know, I might say, you know, uh, stillness of body, silence of thought, and uh, spaciousness of mind. And it's like like this book, I can't remember the guy that did it, but it's, and so you just kind of still your body, you try and find the spaces within your thoughts, not necessarily like clear your thoughts. Right. And then you just have the spaciousness and that's like kind of the awareness expands. And so those are ways that I try and I pull myself out of it. And a lot of times like, uh, it's enough to me to go, Oh, this is practice. I'm, I'm being pissed off, you know, or like this situation is being created for me to practice. Yes. Yes. And so when you do that, you're like, Oh, because when you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm competing, I have to win. But when you go like, Oh, I can fuck up and still be okay. And like improve, like, yeah. Oh, this is practice. Yeah. I love it. Failure. Failure is like, <laughs> it's the, I think that's the next thing, right? Like, people are so scared to fail or look stupid. Look stupid, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Considered failure in yeah. some ways or not. Yeah. But, like, what's better not to try? Right. You know, um, but I love that, like, like, and I think, like, coming from that kind of CrossFit world, right, or the aggressive type of training, like, mm-hmm. it's so, like, just fucking push through. Push yeah, through yeah. Like training and, like, like, so you know, something breaks. And if you could just take a step back with that and just like, what are you feeling in these moments of exhaustion? And like, are you able to feel like your body and like, what's going on? How is your heart rate? How is your breathing? Like I always, I've started the program in my workouts, like, like stoppage points to take breaths. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, just like, okay, we do, we do like a round of something and I write three breaths. And it's like, this is where we stop and we take three deep fucking breaths and then we go back aggressive. And it, 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 I find it's like the yin and the yang part of that. Um, hmm. But, I don't know. Yeah, cool. So um, one of the things that we always like to ask towards the, uh, towards the end is uh, what is your, let's say we have somebody who's, let's say we have somebody in that entropy who's comes home, hates their fucking job, sit on their ass all day long, and they turn the Netflix on and grab the Coors Light or the glass of wine, and that's what they do every single night, but they're, they're miserable. They have no fucking idea how to get out of it and find their passions and mm-hmm. find their true calling in life. What is the very first step that you recommend everybody do? Uh, <laughs> so it's part of a process that I try and look at each person's situation and find like that critical piece that I can pull out and mm-hmm. let things kind of fall into place or start momentum. So in that example, I would say, you know, get rid of your TV. If you don't have Netflix, you have space. What if they're not ready to though? What if they need some other sort of, because there's some people it's like, that's almost like, you know, going <laughs> cold. It's a good answer. answer so I mean, you have to get rid of your computer too, like lock yeah. it up. <laughs> lock up your for some people that's like quitting cigarettes, cold turkey. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's like, you gotta be, in, you, you gotta be in the right mental well, state to do that. I've someone when their phone breaks and they lose their phone and they have to go a day without a phone. Dude, me too. They, they, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, we've been conditioned with this, like, oh, yeah. shit, I'm, I'm not going to be safe. How do I get hold of people? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> if they're not ready to pull off the Band-Aid, yeah. uh, well, like one thing, especially, like, movement, is trying to, like, so, one, you get rid of your furniture, and when you watch TV, well, you, now you're like sitting there, so you usually will foam roll and stretch. Or I might say something like, hey, in order to 
do this or watch the show, you have to foam roll five minutes. I used to tell my clients that they're sitting horse stance. You guys know what horse yeah. dance is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I used to do. If you're going to watch TV, I want you to sit in a horse stance for five minutes while watching TV. Yeah. It's, so, like, you know, what, what is, like, the minimal buy-in? Right. Um, and right. That's, so that's a kind of the process is figuring yeah. that out. Because like, sometimes, like, for people that come in, like, oh, I can't, can't stop you know, eating ice cream at night or, or whatever it is at night, especially it's because like maybe they're not sleeping or they're stressed out through the day. And that actually has nothing to do with that actual behavior. It has to do with, they're not addressing the other issues that are right. happening, leading to that behavior. Right. Um, so that, that's one way they can just, you got to buy into your Netflix. Yeah. Okay. I got, so say you got someone in your client and they, they want to get into meditating. Mm-hmm. But they really, every time they try, they get thrown off and they get distracted and they, um, they just can't just start that practice. Um, what are some, uh, things you would give, what are some points of advice you would give someone starting a meditation practice and like how to kind of stick to it? Community, I think, I mean, even for the other one is being in the community. So if you're, if you really want to make a change. And you don't change your environment around you to support that. I mean, until like some people just have a good internal power. They've developed it. They have a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Being in a community. So even if it's like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to do it on my own five days of the week, but two days I'm doing it with other people. Right. Then there's like, there's one, there's a connection there. There's, you know, less, uh, there's more chance that they'll be accountable. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, there's a cool wearable for like you like technology it's called spire and you put it on your belt and it reads your breathing sometimes people don't really realize how stressed out they are and so that what that'll do is it actually based on the breathing pattern let them know if they're in a calm state a tense state or a focused state and so that thing can buzz when you're in a tense state and that can just be like oh and then there's like other like there's breathing things and meditations to it, but like maybe you don't want it. Maybe you don't want to spend the hundred bucks. I think or so, something that it I is. Reactive about it. <laughs> oh my god! But I mean that's yeah, like, right. <laughs> like what? I'm stressing. I'm stressing. I'm stressing. It just keeps building until you explode. The end. It's all in your head. It's all in your head. We all it's explode all in head. our head. Um, but you know, it might just be as simple as like we have the phone everywhere. If you set an alarm where it goes off. And like I have on mine where it sets, you know, um, what, what are you thinking about? Or there's like different ones. Sometimes it's, uh, like mental, uh, contemplating emptiness or some different philosophies, whatever that is. But it could just be like, take three deep breaths, dude. Like actually put in your text message. Hey man, take some, take some deep breaths. And so if that pops up yeah. every, every hour, whatever, then you start to build an awareness and that awareness, like again, like then, like oh man, I didn't realize how, how much stuff I had, and then now okay, now I, I want to take care of this stuff. So yeah, that's that's cool. What about like within like the meditation? Do you have any like pointers for like just keeping going, like stuff to think about, like you know, like. I'm meditating and, and I just get busy. I'm so busy, right? I'm so there's things coming up in my head. Like yeah. how to process that within the meditation. Some people I find get real mad. They're like, I'm too busy. I can't do it. Like my head's too busy. I'm just like, I probably should meditate more. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there, there's sometimes also like if there is something that is that pressing, 
you might actually just need to take care of it. So like that is like often more often than not, it's not that it's more of an excuse. Uh, this is where I it, like some of the breathing techniques can come in really like pranayama stuff yeah. um, can come in really handy. Like, so uh, I'll start like a Kundalini positive one and it's like just a breathing and there's a posture uh, and then I'll do some interesting like deep breathing stuff and there's a bunch of like Wim, like Wim Hof is out there and yeah. like that's like that guy's awesome yeah he's got a lot of cool yeah. stuff and the thing is with the breathing practices like they help center you and there's some cool things and for some people this might actually be a good one you feel something and because you feel something right away you're more likely to do it and I want to say it's getting high but it does center you in a different way and it can have an intoxicating feeling to it that might be something like yeah. if you're a pleasure seeker you're like oh man I really like that like okay I think I, I got the advice once uh, just look at the look at a white light I always like look at my third eye and just try to envision a white light mm-hmm. um, something I've been doing lately is just thinking of different people's faces you know so I'm still like I'm within the practice but like I just think of like my kid's face and then I like I smile and it almost like you've I mean I've experienced like extreme joy all of a sudden in, mm-hmm. in the moments it's been pretty cool but that was just one that like just look at that white light and just kept on focusing on looking at a white light and next thing you know you're like pretty far in mm-hmm. you know um, it, I love it, that though the group too like I think some of the experiences I've had where I've really felt a lot and it's been with like teacher training at yoga where like we had a whole room full of people like the group meditation did you, you like guided meditations they're like training wheels to me you, you know if it's something that helps not, and, and I don't know everything I actually know really little so but I for me and my understanding is that guided meditations are filling space allowing you to concentrate on that yeah they're not revealing space and so, like, that's why, like, counting meditations are really good to start is, like, you're giving yourself something to actually concentrate and focus on. It makes it easier. But as you get better, I like to create more space. And, but, like, if it's, like, tying someone who's never meditated, like, all right, go sit for, you know, 10 days and just, you know, focus on your breath. There's so much space, it's just going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's wild. This has been great. Awesome. Thank you, uh... So Adam, uh, give, give everybody just, uh, I know you're not in the Rochester area, but still do you do stuff online too for people? Or? Yeah. So I'll do remote programming for okay. exercise, but I'll also do uh, kind of my apart strategy, which is basically getting people to analyze their life okay. and then address the one area that's part of, you know, I have six facets and, okay. uh, I focus on uh, mindset, which is a lot of like mindfulness based stuff, some like positive psychology, but more mindfulness based and stress management. Nutrition, uh, exercise, of course, and then uh, sleep management, sleep optimization, because those are, I think, where socially we need the most help. So I help right. people support those areas, and that helps with like purpose and relationships, which are the other two areas. Right. Uh, and then uh, I'll do more workshops and stuff. I'm getting more often to like the private sector with that stuff, where I'm actually going to like the gyms, um, and then I'm working with businesses now to help them kind of reorganize their day. So it includes these practices in, so that you, you said about like work-life balance. Yeah. So we start getting rid of work-life balance. We have just life balance. Right. Right. And so that's consulting. So where, so where can people find you? They can find me on www.move-aware.com. Okay. Uh, you can, uh, I'm on Facebook at Move Self Aware. 
Okay. Uh, you can email me at adam at moveaware.com, move-aware.com. Okay, cool. Awesome. That was great. Thank that was you so awesome. Much. Shoot out heart beams. Maybe I'll pick it up. Nice. There you go. Well, thank you. Thank you all for listening. And and, and as always, please uh, share, like, comment on iTunes and let us know what you think. And the more people we can uh, get to listen to these things, the more people we can hopefully reach and just help and bring awareness to so people can go out there and conquer the world in their own way and and be awesome versions of themselves. Thanks a lot, guys. And we will we will see you next time.